Welcome to our service, which is Sunday the 20th of September, the 15th Sunday after Trinity. This week we are offering an audio recording of the service, which should be better quality than the films that some of you have been watching. And from time to time we will still do separate YouTube films, but not in the church, usually. We begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Grace, mercy and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. A very warm welcome to you this morning. Please do take your seats. I've got one or two things to draw to your attention this morning. Um, first of all, next Sunday is Michaelmas Sunday, and uh, we will be gathering here to mark that. We obviously will be still doing it in a rather constrained way, but we are still able to do it. And it is also our gift day, um, and I, you should have got a letter. If you haven't, there are some spares flying around to speak to Sue. Um, if you'd like one, just explaining a little bit about that for next Sunday. The following Sunday after that, two weeks time, is harvest and uh, we will be raising some funds for Send a Cow on Harvest Day. Um, we won't be collecting food though. Um, if you would like to make the usual kind of donation to the West Somerset Food Cupboard, check out what Anne needs. Please no pasta, milk or beans. <laughs> We're swimming in them. I'm trying to think up a recipe that uses UHT milk, beans and pasta. If anybody's got any bright ideas, let me know. Um, but uh, Anne, Anne does, usually she needs sort of tin meat and that sort of thing, um, if, if you'd like to bring that. But uh, we, we won't be doing an ordinary sort of collection. Of course, we have issues with um, handling things and all that. But uh, maybe a bit more about that next week. Also on the 18th of October, which I think is two weeks after that, we're going to hold our APCM after the service here. So um, if you're on the electoral roll, we just ask you to stay behind. It will be a very edited version. We're not going to be doing lots of reports, um, and, and we're just, but we will be uh, approving the basic legal essentials, whatever they may be. Um, and finally, just to remind you that we are doing daily prayer at the moment, uh, and that's open to all. Um, if you'd like to join us, 8.30 Mondays and Thursdays, 9am every other day. Um, I am looking at doing an evening slot of evening prayer, um, possibly um, on, a, on a late e afternoon, early evening, which you could either come to here or join in on Zoom. Um, uh, it, many other churches are doing this and it does actually work. So if you are interested in that, please just let me know. Finally, just to say, uh, as you can see, the, the choir have been singing the last few weeks and we are permitted to do that, but uh, congregations aren't permitted to sing at the moment. Um, that said, um, we have printed off some words. Uh, if you'd like to follow the words um, and you... Please, there are some at the back there. You can sneak down while the choir are singing the first hymn. 
uh, just do it in a socially distanced way and pick up a, a copy of the words. They're all there so you shouldn't have to handle the rest of them um, if you want to follow it. And give, give some indication if that's something you would like, generally speaking, and we can have a think about that. Um, I think that, yes? Tinned meat and coffee. Cold meat and coffee. So perhaps we'll have a cold meat and coffee collection for Harvest Sunday. And we'll, we'll put that directly into the food cupboard. But we will be raising funds for Send a Cow. Right, I think that is everything. So we'll pause for a moment of stillness. And then we shall begin. We pray together. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Christ our Lord. Amen. I invite us to take a moment of stillness to contemplate the love of God. To reflect on our own frailty and vulnerability, our anxieties, our needs, and where we fall short of the love of God. Turning our hearts in stillness back to our source. As we pray together. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past, and grant that we may serve you in newness of life, to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in life eternal, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and shall be forever. Amen. Now, I think I've done what I did last week, and we've got everything the wrong way around. Um, so we will have our first hymn now, um, then we'll have the reading, and then we'll have our second hymn.
collect for this 15th Sunday after Trinity, God, who in generous mercy sent the Holy Spirit upon your church in the burning fire of your love, grant that your people may be fervent in the fellowship of the gospel, that always abiding in you, they may be found steadfast in faith and active in service through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.
For to me, living is Christ, and dying is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labour for me, and I do not know which I prefer. I'm hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary for you. Since I am convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with all of you for your progress and joy in faith, so that I may share abundantly in your boasting in Christ Jesus when I come to you again. Only live your life in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent and hear about you, I will know that you are standing firm in one spirit, striving side by side with one mind for the faith of the gospel, and are in no way intimidated by your opponents. For them, this is evidence of their destruction, but of your salvation. And this is God's doing, for he has graciously granted you the privilege not only of believing in Christ, but of suffering for him as well, since you are having the same struggle that you saw I had, and now here I still have. This is the word of the Lord.
invite you to stand for the gospel. Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, The kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire labourers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the labourers for the usual daily wage, he sent them into his vineyard. When he went out about nine o'clock, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace, and he said to them, You also go into the vineyard, and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. When he went out again about noon and about three o'clock, he did the same. And about five o'clock he went out and found others standing around, and he said to them, Why are you standing here idle all day? They said to him, Because no one has hired us. And he said to them, You also go into the vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his manager, Call the labourers and give them their pay, beginning with the last and then going to the first. And when those hired about five o'clock came, each of them received the usual daily wage. Now when the first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received the usual daily wage. And when they received it, they grumbled against the landowner, saying, These last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give this last the same as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. This is the Gospel of the Lord. I speak in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. In the depth of lockdown, um, and even continuing for some people still, many people were furloughed, while other people had to work, all for the same pay. Um, even in, within the same supermarket, one of our local supermarkets, this is the case, something like this occurred. And of course, when, so you'd have one member of staff who was working and another would be put on furlough, both getting the same pay. And of course, health care workers, um, social care workers, worked solidly through the, the worst of the period of the lockdown. And many still are, while others were twiddling their thumbs because they'd been put on furlough. But everybody got the same pay. Nobody could possibly have guessed that this was going to happen, so it's all very forgivable. But it's my hope, and it might be a little vain, but it's my hope that at some point, maybe when this crisis has finally receded, and it will at some stage, um, but it's my hope that maybe some acknowledgement of this could be forthcoming, and that people who worked ever so hard maybe get some acknowledgement through some free holiday, perhaps, and a bonus. Wouldn't that be good? 
um, and that's not to take away from those who were, through no choice of their own, put on furlough. It's a difficult one, isn't it? Have you heard the connection with our gospel reading? <laughs> Jesus tells a parable of people who at the end of the day, who had worked right through the day, through the heat, through the difficulty, through the struggle, ended up with just the same as those who had been unable to get work during the day and had been twiddling their thumbs through no fault of their own, but nonetheless they hadn't done the hard work that they get the same. Now, I don't know about you, but if I'd been listening to that parable of Jesus, I think I would have been the first to say, you're having a laugh, aren't you? <laughs> Especially if I'd been working through the heat of the day. But Jesus actually, when you dig into the Gospels, isn't telling this parable to demonstrate what justice in the workplace looks like. It's a good job, really. He's really using an outrageous story to hit home a point about something much, much deeper, which is not to do with pay for workers. It is, after all, a parable. See, the, the people of Israel in his day of old were inheritors of a great tradition. We read about it in the story of the Old Testament. They laboured through great trials. They'd gone through slavery in Egypt. They'd gone into exile in Babylon. They'd suffered all kinds of things through their tumultuous history. And they have since, of course, not least in the 20th century. But scrolling back, by Jesus' time, the people of Israel of old had become tribal, fearful, compromised with the Romans on one hand, and yet scathing of Gentiles and outsiders and Samaritans and anyone who didn't fit their tribal religion. As well as people in their own society who they considered to be outcasts, very judgmental of people who were tax collectors, publicans and quote-unquote sinners, people who didn't fit the mould, they were all um, excluded. But Jesus comes along and in his ministry he welcomes the upstarts and the latecomers he sowed the seed for what would later become all of the Gentiles being welcomed by God in Christ, the risen Christ, to embrace all. But they didn't like this, and their deep objection to Jesus' radical welcome led to him in the end being condemned and judged, crucified. They couldn't cope with compassion. They couldn't show, they couldn't cope with how he showed love and welcome to the undeserving, the upstarts, the last minute ones. And then there's that amazing image of Jonah. I mean, Jonah is a wonderful book anyway, but this wonderful image of him moaning at God, even having been through the belly of the fish, he'd gone to pagan Nineveh to preach and he was so offended that God could be so merciful and compassionate. It really got to him. And not only worse, what was most golly, God could be compassionate as a result of his own preaching. And we can laugh at Jonah. 
his tribalism, his party spirit, his small, shrunken view of his own nation and people and judging others. He was so deeply entrenched in that they could only see that God. And Jonah's left, the book of Jonah's left with this open question. Should I not be concerned about all these people and animals? It's a wonderful, wonderful question. Contemplate that another day. But here's the thing. How much deep anger and lamenting and moaning is there among us? When we see kindness shown to those who we think are undeserving. I don't know about you, but it rises up in me from time to time. It applies in the religious life. It applies in political life, amongst friends and families. How do we, for example, react to those who don't understand our great Anglican tradition? How do we respond to people outside of the fold? Or how do we respond to desperate migrants who come to our country, seeming to get benefit that we think they don't deserve? Or how do we cope when somebody young and inexperienced suddenly gets success? What rises up within us? Is there just a smidgen of attitude? Just occasionally? I think most of us would have to say yes. You see, there is a Jonah in all of us. There's a Jonah in every one of us. And there's a Jonah in our church spirit often. And there's a Jonah in our nationalism. It's small, it's shrunken, and it's really bitter. I knew that you're a gracious and merciful God, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, he gripes. Well, if he really knew, he wouldn't have griped. He didn't know. He thought he knew that God was loving, but he didn't really grasp it. The white heat of God's love was too much for Jonah, and sometimes it's too much for us. But there's good news. The good news is that the compassion of God is so far-reaching that it pursued Jonah right to the end. And the, the book is left with this open question, which is an open question asked of all of us. Should I not care for them all? It pursued Israel of old. Jesus did say some fairly sharp things to the children of Israel in his time. But when push came to shove on the cross, what was his last word? Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. God's love pursued even those who were so shrunken in their view. And it pursues all of us when our tribalism or fear prefers to exclude or to punish latecomers to the party or those who, in our view, are undeserving. Rather than contemplate a truly compassionate God who enfolds those who we think don't deserve it. As we too are asked to enfold those who we think don't deserve it. To enfold them with love and justice and compassion. Love pursues us relentlessly. And yet surrounded by our compassion we can find ourselves trapped in our own little hell 
of shrill and indignant objection, like Jonah with that bitter wind and the... I'd love to see what that plant looked like. It's a lovely image, isn't it? Love pursues us and pursues us relentlessly. And if only we knew, even when we're in that little bit of hell that we create, if only we knew that it is love that surrounds us, then we would be bursting with joy. And our hearts would leap towards those who are undeserving, those cheeky latecomers. Because we realise that they are us. Let us pray. Lift up our souls, O Lord, to the pure, serene light of thy presence, that there we may breathe freely, there repose in thy love, there may be at rest from ourselves, and from thence return, arrayed in thy peace, to do and bear what shall please thee, for thy holy name's sake. Amen. I invite you to join with me in the words of the affirmation of faith as we stand together. Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures. He was buried, he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. Afterwards he appeared to his followers and to all the apostles. This we have received, and this we believe. Amen. In the power of the Spirit and in union with Christ, let us pray to the Father. Lord. 
Lord, hear us. Lord, gracious, hear us. You remember all who have gone before us in faith, all who have died, all who mourn their passing. For our love is departed. And in communion with St. Michael, the Archangel, Blessed Virgin Mary, and all the saints, we commit ourselves unto another and our whole life to Christ our God. Merciful Father, I accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour Jesus Christ. Amen. I invite you to stand for the peace. <coughs> God is love, and those who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. The peace of the Lord be always with you. And always with you. We offer, through sign, the sign of peace. Peace be with you. We now listen to a final hymn.
Before a final blessing, um, firstly thank you to Sarah Jane for playing this week, for stepping us in, and thank you for the choir for singing for us. It is lovely to listen and perhaps to mouth along gently to some familiar hymns. I just would say a word as we go from this service. Um, in uncertain times, when we don't know what the next week or even day might bring, cling on to love. Cling on to love. It's the only thing that will endure when everything else has passed away. There will still be love. Know that you are loved with all your faults and flaws and allow that love to seep out to those around you. We stand for the final blessing. So may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you and all those who you love and pray for this day and always. Amen. Amen. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Amen. Amen.